The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Christ Universal Temple is led by the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells. He's a senior minister. Our founder is the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. And if you want to find out more information about Christ Universal Temple, you can always go to the website, www.cutemple.org. That's C-U-T-E-M. Excuse me, C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E dot org. Um, give the church a call, 773-568-2282, 773-568-2282. Look up our social media on Facebook or Twitter. We might have some other things out there floating as well. So, you know, check us out. Now, I'm in the midst of a series titled The Law and the Promise, and it's based upon the book by Neville. Uh, Neville wrote the book Law and the Promise as a book that basically not only explains his primary positions on how imagining creates reality, or as we would say, consciousness produces form. He also uses a lot of real life examples of people who he taught and actually demonstrated the preferred demonstration. What do I mean by that? We always demonstrate, but we don't always have preferred or desired demonstrations. So the book is full of demonstrations of preferred or desired demonstrations. I worked the principle and this was the result. So my request has been over these last several weeks is for you to actually get the book, The Law and the Promise by Neville. Don't just listen to the show. I'm really grateful that I have a lot of listeners for this show, and I'm happy about that, to say the least. But I want to make sure that you get the book, that you get the premise, and you put yourself in a position where you can demonstrate the good that you desire in your life. All right, so to make a long story short, I want to supplement some of Neville's work with a couple of other people. So I want to read a couple of quick quotes before I actually get back into the law and the promise. And we're teaching 
chapter five subtle threads this week. So Catherine Ponder wrote in the dynamic laws of prosperity uh, about imagination. She has a chapter called the imaging law of prosperity. So much like Neville, Catherine Ponder believed in using the imagination to produce desired good. And she has a quote, she quotes a doctor in the book who states, imagination is much is a much stronger force than willpower. This is on page 75. And that when the imagination and will are in conflict, the imagination always wins out. So there are people who have, for instance, have no rational reason to be afraid of something. But if their imagination is on overload, no matter how many times their willpower tells them everything's fine, everything's cool, this isn't really happening, the imagination kicks in and starts to create the experience of what they're viewing in their minds or what they're projecting or what they're living into. I can remember being on a ride years ago. This was many years ago, maybe 20 years ago or so at Disney World. They had a, a it was based upon the movie uh, Aliens by Sigourney Weaver. I don't know if that was the name of the ride or not, but I remember walking into the ride. And um, as I'm walking in, I'm looking at, you know, all of the, the setups that they have, you know, because it was very elaborate. And then you they you sit down. And they put, you know, almost like a roller coaster. Um, I forgot what the thing that comes over your shoulder that locks you in. And what ends up happening was you're actually supposed to be in, a, for lack of terms, uh, a science lab that is going to transfer a human from one planet to another. So, you know, they have these screens and they're telling you they're about to do this experiment and they're going to transfer this human being from one planet to another planet. And the human being is supposed to be able to come right in front of you in this glass, long glass tube that, which is sort of, sort of like a transportation pod. And something went wrong. The lights went out, sparks everywhere. And when you, when the lights came back on and they weren't all on, it was like off and on blinking. It was the alien monster from the Sigourney Weaver movies in the glass tube in the transportation pod. And of course you hear the, the, over the intercom system, be calm. Everything is cool. We don't know what happened, but you're safe. And then the lights go out the glass. You hear glass breaking sound. And when the lights come back on, uh, it's only on the, on the uh, gla- transportation pot and the glass was broken and then the lights go out again. Now, obviously people knew that they were in Orlando, Florida at Disney world, which is an amusement park and they were safe. That's what rational, reasonable thinking will tell you. But this ride we ended up finding out was was um, one of those rides that are sensory. So next thing you know, you're hearing the sounds like the monster is running right up on you. And all of a sudden, you're feeling hot air blow on your face as if the monster is right in your face breathing on you. And then you feel mist like the like the monster was screaming. You're feeling the saliva from the monster on you and hot air on the back of your neck and the chair is vibrating and all the different type of things. Believe me when I tell you, 
people were losing their minds on that ride. You could hear people struggling, trying to get out of the seats, trying to break the harness, trying to do whatever they needed to do, screaming at the top of their lungs. This is a ride. There is no monster. They're in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Yet their imagination took over and made the experience real. Now, why is that important? Because somebody in that experience, if they had a health challenge or something like that, could have put themselves in a really bad situation because of stress and things of that nature, adrenaline dumps, etc. All of the things that would happen in the real fight or flight situation was happening in an imaginary experience. The imagination will override reason and willpower. That's how powerful it is. And when you believe that, that something is happening, it doesn't make a difference what the facts are. You will experience it as if it is true. So, obviously, I was cool. And at the same time, I had to keep reminding myself, this is only a ride and laugh. This is only a, a ride and laugh. Because all of the things were happening to my senses to tell me differently. I couldn't see. I'm hearing crazy stuff. I'm feeling stuff on my neck and in my face. And, and the chairs doing all type of crazy stuff. And I had to remind myself. Now, why was I able to, to do, to be able to be cool? Because I convinced myself in my imagination and in my experience that this is a fun ride and enjoy it. And that's the only difference. That's the only difference. So if the imagination can do something like that to a person, then you can use that same power to feel prosperous, feel healthy by seeing it, believing it, accepting it, immersing yourself in the image. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's just one example. I won't continue going with others. Now, she goes on to say on page 75, Catherine Ponder, and I'll get to law and the promise. This is supplemental information. Since you're hoping for greater good in your life, you should begin to form the mental image of it in your mind. Your reasoning power may tell you that it can never be, but that doesn't matter. Your will may say your dream is too big to come true, that it is impossible to fulfill. But if you just dare to continue imaging it anyway, then your imagination will go to work for you to produce the visible result you have been imagining. And in due time, your will can work for you also. Whatever the mind is taught to expect, that it will build produce and bring forth for you. Now that's a very good and valid point because we need to be mindful that we have to keep on keeping on over and over again every day, no matter what, all day, no matter what. Hold true to your image, hold true to your dream, hold true to your vision so much so that you're living from it. Not just seeing it. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to be it. A couple of other things that she said. 
on here. She quotes Charles Fillmore on page 80, which I love. She said, Fillmore wrote, imagination gives man the ability to project himself through time and space and rise above all limitations. Why? Because your mind isn't limited to time and space. So when you start to imagine a thing, it takes you outside of the realm of what has already been produced. Imagination produces that which has never been produced or demonstrated. When you start to see a thing, when you start to image a thing, you're actually forming and shaping the invisible. Because faith and imagination work together. They're they're very closely related. And sometimes what you see in faith is what you and what you're holding on in faith is what your mind has imaged, what it can see. Matter of fact, <clears throat> they overlap a lot. But this isn't the uh, the course for that. If you want to learn more about that, go back to my series, um, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God, and listen to the series and, uh, and the lessons on faith and the lessons on imagination. You'll see what I mean when I say they're closely related. All right. Then, Catherine Ponder says in this book, again, supporting Neville's work in the law and the promise. She wrote talking about image success and financial affairs on page 91. She wrote, I would also suggest that you begin daily developing your imaging power for prosperity and success by taking a little time at the beginning or end of the day, perhaps when you're writing out your plans and notes to imagine them in definite form mentally. In other words, if there are bills you are listening to be paid after making your notes, sit quietly and image the checks already written to those who to those owed in the specific amount. Mentally image yourself putting those checks in envelopes and dropping them in the mailbox. If there is a definite need for some specific amount of money, mentally image a check written out to you showing a current date. And showing the amount of money needed as received on that check. Your imagination loves to be given definite pictures to build and form, which the subconscious mind then gratefully accepts and gets busy producing as definite results for you. So I'm just going to give you a quick little challenge. Even if it's just five minutes every morning, every evening, just lay in bed or lay on the couch or, you know, or or if you prefer to do this this in a meditation chair or whatever, but before you start your hustle and bustle or once you finish with the hustle and bustle of the day, sit down and, and when it comes to the success that you want it, actually imagine it in as great a detail as possible. If it's money, as she's saying, see yourself paying it off, writing the check. Or sending the download now, you know, going on the website and paying for it or calling it in or whatever. See that process. See it paid off. See it finished. See it complete. See it complete. Not working on being complete. See it complete. Get into the feeling of what it, what would it feel like for you not to have that financial burden, not to have that particular financial responsibility. Feel it, see it, play it out in your mind. If you, if it's money that's needed, just sit there and imagine the check being written out to you 
coming in the mail, being handed to you or whatever, being put into your uh, bank account. If you use the app, open up the app in your phone, in your mind or on your tablet and see the amount that you desire. You say, what difference does it make? What, what the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. That's what Napoleon Hill wrote many years ago. Be mindful of what that means. Play with it in your mind every morning, every evening, every morning, every evening, every morning, every evening. It was, you know, just play with it in your mind every morning, every evening. I'm just asking for five minutes every morning, every evening, five minutes. See it as clearly as possible. See yourself being it, living it, doing it, and get into the feeling of it. What would it feel like for you to get that check? That money transferred into your account to get that particular job or to make that business deal? What would it feel like to be on that dream vacation? What would it feel like to be able to write a check and pay for your child's education? What would it feel like to send the last payment in for the house? What would it feel like to go into a dealership and write a check for a car and not have a car note? You have to be able to see it before you can be it. What the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. Play with it in your mind. And as you continue to play with it in your mind, your subconscious mind will take a hold of it. The Bible calls the subconscious mind the heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. That is the subconscious feeling nature that is working with and through universal law to produce the effects. Reverend Coleman used to call the subconscious mind a tape recorder. What its job is to is to express or demonstrate or produce that which has been impressed on it. So be mindful of that. One more thing that Catherine Ponder wrote before I get to the book in the second section of this show. She wrote, don't compromise in your mental images. Image what you really want, not just what you think you can probably have. Pay no attention to your will and reason, which will try to talk you out of your mental images. Your active imagination will soon take control of your will and put it in its place. If you will first take control of the imagination by feeding it the mental pictures of what you deeply and sincerely want. I hear some music in the background. I guess uh, it's almost time for me to go on break. (laughs) So so she goes on to say, if you feed your imagination half-hearted, lukewarm mental pictures... That's the kind of results you will get. So hopefully that information helped clarify some of Neville's concepts as we get into this next chapter. Before we go on our first break, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, uh, is supported by your donation. So as you freely receive, please freely give. Go to unity.fm. 
click on the giving button and help support this online ministry. Also, this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the page, like it, give it a five-star rating. I would greatly appreciate it. The show is also on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, go on the apps, give the show a five-star rating, and help spread the word. God bless. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word Magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition. Perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have a call on the line. Reverend Bobby, are you there? I am here. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I just had a quick share for the people about Neville and, <clears throat> you know, his philosophy and how to do things. 
Um, we were preparing for our Christmas event, myself and the executive director of the organization I'm in, and we were having it at her house. So we had it all planned that we was going to get out in front of it on this Friday and get everything done that we needed to do and not be last minute because she gets kind of uh, uh, anxious, if you will. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the whole day went bloop, right? Nothing worked out. Nothing happened. It was 6 o'clock in the evening before we even talked. The whole day was blown. She was not feeling the best about things, and neither was I. But I saw it, okay. I imagined it, okay. Later that evening when I got my good night check-in call, she said in her singing happy voice, you know, you had almost everything done. All I had to do was put out the serving stuff and, and the plates and pretty much everything's done. But I saw it okay. Now, and the way I look at things, I, I, I took it as the perfection of God in and through all things. Mm -hmm. but, but I know my imaginal activity that took place was significant in the outcome that we experienced. So I just wanted to tell the people that this stuff works. You got to take the time to do it. But it really, really works. All right. It, 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 it's all about the work. Um, uh, uh, you know, as we talked about on the break, you know, uh, our, our uh, um, minister, we were raised under Reverend Coleman, Reverend Johnny Coleman used to always say it works if you work it. And, you know, it's kind of funny now because she had been saying that statement for so long. I don't know if it was a chicken or the egg, but you hear that all over, like, um, you know, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous and all the other anonymouses that are out there. You hear it works if you work it. And I chuckle okay. because, you know, people were saying Reverend Coleman was saying that, you know, late 60s, early 70s. But it's still true. It doesn't make a difference of what the modality is. You have to put the work in if you want to get results. And, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, Bobby. I had said um, uh, to my class on Wednesday, I'm teaching enough, uh, uh, the, uh, the Power or the Secret of Unlimited Imagination, one of those books. For mm -hmm. now, <laughs> you, know, you know, you put it down, you move on to the next thing. But the name of the class is Unlimited Imagination. And I said to the class um, that when people say they don't want to do the the work with their minds, they don't want to hold the image, they don't want to visualize, they don't want to do the prayer work, they don't want to affirm, they don't want to do the work that we give them as ministers and teachers. I said that would be similar to going to L.A. Fitness, hiring a personal trainer, telling the personal trainer what your goals are, and then refusing to do the exercises and complaining all the way through that this is too hard. So Absolutely. you want you want abs, you want muscles, you want definition, you want to lose weight, but you don't want to do any of the exercises that are required for you to get the results you desire. So it's it's the same thing. It's the same concept. It's the same principle. You have to put the work in to get the results you desire, no matter what. Well, like we said, yeah. Oh, well, like we said during the break, the one thing I appreciate about you is if you don't do anything else, you get across to the people every week, every week, every week, but you got to do the work. You got to take the time to do this. Listening to me, Reverend Galen is good because I'm smart, but you got to do this work. And, um, you know, the story and you know me and I'll be trying to be hard or nothing, but in my life, I had to do the work to get up out of the 
the uh, the darkness and, and those sticky places I was in. So I'm just sharing with the people, not that they have to do it, because you don't have to. But if you want the better life, if you want to, what, what touch the hem of the garment and all of that stuff, you got to do the work. God bless you. I'm yeah. listening to the rest of you as you dig in this thing, because you know Neville, my boy. I know, I know. And I so know. are you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, okay. Care, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Galen. Bye. Take care. So I have one extra supplemental uh, quote I want to read before I get into the Neville book, because what I'm trying to do, again, as the uh, caller Reverend Bobby just stated, was to make sure that I make it plain that we have to do the work. And this requires discipline. This requires focus. This requires concentration. You have to want it. As Les Brown used to say, you got to be hungry. He used to didn't say hungry. He was like hungry because you have to want it enough that that desire is driving you when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to do it, when you rather watch TV, when you rather play on with your smartphone. You have to want it no matter what. So. This is from the book Creative Visualization for Beginners by Richard Webster. And I've been reading a lot of quotes out of this book, but I like it a lot. I think I might end up teaching this book um, online as one of my books coming up down the pike because I like it that much. Anyway, he wrote, if you can achieve anything you desire with creative visualization, it stands to reason that you should aim as high as possible. Instead of asking for $1,000 for a vacation, why not ask for five or even 10000 The answer to this is complicated. You have tens of thousands of thoughts a day. If most of these thoughts are related to feelings of poverty or worthlessness, you're going to find it impossible to use creative visualization techniques to achieve a luxury vacation. Your thoughts have to be in agreement with whatever it is you are visualizing for it to become a reality. Otherwise, you are fighting yourself. You might consciously desire the fabulous vacation at a superb resort. But if your subconscious mind is filled with fears, doubts, and worries about money, or you are so lacking in self-esteem that you don't feel worthy of the vacation, it will not happen. This is why the mental work is so necessary because you're shifting the way you think. You're shifting what you believe. You're shifting what you feel. And once you get to a level of of consistency where you've worked through a lot of those mental hangups, your ability to demonstrate will be easier. But while you're trying to work through the process, you're going to deal with what H.M. Likati used to call chemicalization. In other words, when you have these truth thoughts, these positive thoughts, these affirmative thoughts, and you have all of these old beliefs that are based upon a lot of erroneous nonsense. And when they start to clash, it creates inner turmoil, which sometimes can manifest as outer turmoil. It's really important to recognize that this process is necessary to go and grow through so you can see on the other side the ability to demonstrate your good in a more profound way. So always remember, yet again, that this is what you're working with. So getting to the book on Neville, he starts off on page 57 under the cha- chapter 5, Subtle Threads, by stating, nothing appears or continues in being by a power 
of its own. Events happen because comparatively stable imaginal activities created them, and they continue in being by virtue of the support they receive from such imaginal activities. The part which imagining the wish fulfills plays in consciously creating circumstances is obvious in this series of stories. Now, as I've said before, that I want you to to buy the book for the principles, but the other reason I want you to buy the book or get the book rent the book, go to the library and find the book, whatever your process is, is for you to be able to read the stories. I don't think that I could give the justice. I could read all of these stories. First of all, it would take a long time for me just to read the stories. But this chapter is very short, and it's primarily just stories of him showing how people practice what he taught to produce a particular good. And what's funny about this chapter is – there's no morality involved in it. I mean, he has people who, you know, went to the, you know, the horse race track and it was imaging winning, you know, a particular way with a particular dollar amount and whatever, and was able to demonstrate the good. And one of the, you know, you know, you know, the Christian minister, new thought Christian minister in me says, okay, be careful about teaching people because they gambling or whatever. But I was like, you know what? We teach freedom. And, If we believe that the demonstration of the good can happen, and if a person wants to sit in their bed and imagine that process, as long as they're not doing something that puts themselves in jeopardy financially, in other words, using money that you shouldn't be using to, to, to quote unquote, gamble with, then that's your choice. I'm not particularly a gambler. It's not my thing. Uh, But at the same time, you know, the the point that Neville was, I believe, trying to drive home was it doesn't matter how you apply it. It'll still work. You know, you know, which means. I really get when Reverend Ike used to tell people that this type of mental science was not taught to people, was not taught to everyday. Folks, because the ethics that you have to have to practice mental science matters. Now, I believe that, you know, you reap what you sow, thoughts held in mind, produce after their own kind. You know, you put out a lot of bad energy, some things are going to come back to you. That being said, the universal law of God that says thoughts held in mind, produce after their own kind will still produce for a person who has a prosperity consciousness, prosperity. Now they could be, uh, something else in other areas of their life, but they can produce in this particular area prosperity because that's their consciousness. That's their imagery. That's their feeling nature. That's their belief system. So it doesn't make a difference what it is. They'll work with it. I was, um, uh, watching an interview of talking about imagery and how we sometimes buy into beliefs that don't benefit us. And in the interview, the person being interviewed was a self-help expert. I can't remember his name offhand right now. But one of the things that he stated was stop falling into the myth that America is giving you. And that myth is that the way you succeed is by working on making your weaknesses stronger. He says, that's not the move. 
He said, you should be figuring out every way you can to make your strengths stronger. Every way you can, no matter what. He said, that's the secret of you getting your prosperity and wealth. He said, you will love to do it. You already have strengths that are in alignment with it. Go for it all out, no matter what. No regrets. Don't look back as as a senior citizen saying, I wish I should have done this differently. He says, go all out. He says, what the world will give you, is, and he says, and this is his position, he says, especially the American educational system is to tell you that you need to be evenly balanced across all the boards instead of focusing on that which you're strong. I'm not saying people shouldn't be able to write and count and things of that nature. That wasn't his point. His point was we have a tendency to focus a lot, the power of our imagery, on the things that we are not really good at and we try to emphasize it too much. Like, for instance, you know, I was I was having jokingly having a conversation with one of my cousins and we were talking, you know, about, you know, you know, manhood and how things are different now and et cetera. And one of the things he said made me chuckle because uh, I would fall under the, the qualifications. of. He's like, man, you know, these, these, you know, men now, they don't know how to do nothing. You know, these guys can't even change a tire. Now, I can change a tire with relative ease, but I pay car insurance. So if my car stops, I call on my phone and in 15 or 20 minutes, somebody is changing my tire because I don't feel as though I need to get out there if I'm paying for a service with my suit on and pulling tires off and putting uh, whatever on unless it's a situation where I feel as though that I need to get in and get out of there really quickly. But the time it'll take me to do it will be much longer. By the time that person gets there and does it in two minutes and whatever, I could be cool with the car on, with the heat on, listening to my music and chilling instead of me feeling as though that I got to live up to some imagery that doesn't matter. You know, you know, I'm not a fix it guy. I know people who who guys who can fix anything. That's not my strength. So why would I be over there trying to with wrenches and screwdrivers and flatheads and Phillips and and hammers and whatever and nails and screws trying to figure out how to do stuff and measure stuff and things of that nature when I can pay somebody to do it? That's using the power of the imagination also in a, in a very practical and pragmatic way. Focus on your strengths. And and use all of the power of your imaging faculty to work on those things. An Olympic track star is not imaging how to shoot a basketball. They see themselves running and getting faster and faster. They see themselves, uh, you know, crossing the line, breaking the ribbon or whatever before everybody else. Focus on that which you desire. Focus on that which you seek to produce. It doesn't make a difference. You know, one of the things that. Uh, I could, you know, can remember, you know, years ago saying to Reverend Coleman, and this, and this is still a goal of mine. He said, "I want, I want to," I said, "I want to be the, the best New Thought minister in the world." And that was a lofty. And at the time, Reverend Coleman was the top dog. So when I said that to her, I meant it, and I still mean it. That doesn't mean I'm trying to compete with other people. I don't want to get get the wrong idea. My point is. 
I want to be able to make that level of impact because I so believe in this message. And I believe the only thing that's keeping this message from spreading around the globe in a more powerful way is the people's ability to present it. It works if you work it. So it's time for our uh, second break. So we're going to take a brief uh, time for them to play the commercials, etc. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I meant to say, if anyone else wanted to call in, you could call in at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. And if you have a, you might not have a question, but you have a comment like Reverend Bobby had earlier, or, or if you do have a question, your question can not only help yourself, but it also can potentially help others because it does make a difference. You, you would be surprised how many other people have your same question. And when you, you get your question answered or an answer for it, I don't want to say I have the answer. I think that's, you know, rather cocky, but can give some maybe some insight into your situation or your question it can help others so be open and receptive to that process so back to neville yet again nothing appears or continues in being by a power of its own so what he's basically saying is once the consciousness that supports the thing goes away then eventually the form has to dissipate as well have you ever seen a situation, a circumstance, for instance, where 
a family has a very strong leader. Uh, a person whose consciousness kind of holds everything together, you know, in, in the, in the black community, you know, you have the, the, that grandmama, that big mama who holds everybody accountable, make sure people are doing what they're supposed to do. And if they're messing up, they want to make sure that she doesn't know about it. You know, a lot of people that are in the African American community, I'm sure can relate. I'm sure others as well, but I'm talking from my own context. You know, was, both of my grandmothers were like that. It was just something you just didn't run across granny <laughs> without it being consequences and repercussions. But anyway, and when that person was no longer in a body, the family structure dissolved because the consciousness that was holding it together was no longer there. You know, you'll see. You know, this happened in government. You'll see this happen in schools. You'll see this happen in work, in the workplace, that there, that there are people who almost form, function rather as, as the glue in a space. Their consciousness allows the other things to happen. And when that consciousness is removed, uh, from the experience, it's no longer a factor in the experience, then it starts to mold and it starts to be molded and shaped into something other than what it was. Now, this is important because what I'm about to say is really important, and I don't want you to miss it, nor do I want you to be insulted by what I'm about to say. Your current experience is being held together. By your now state of mind. And the only way for you to permanently get rid of it is to have a radical transformation in the way you think. The Apostle Paul said it this way. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. That's an that's an important scripture. Because it's telling you that you can't have transformation without a renewed mind. No matter what. No matter what. It doesn't make a difference how nice you are, how sweet you are, how often you go to church. It doesn't matter. What does matter is what's going on in your mind. You know, uh, we have to be really mindful of what that means. And why it means it. Because, you know, here's what's funny about it. When we really understand that this is a mind thing, it's a spirit thing, yes. But spirit is already perfect in us. We have to shift our thinking so we can take, so we can benefit from our spiritual identity. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in Philippians 4.8. Finally, beloved, whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I'm going to repeat that because I love this scripture. Love it because it, it wraps it up in a bow. Why you have to use the power of your imagination in a particular kind of way. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, 
whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So when you realize that as you shift your consciousness, as you shift the way you think, feel, and believe, you are actually creating a new thought structure to support your new way of thinking. So your new way of thinking supports the structure that will support itself. So when you realize that you are a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law, your that new realization creates or forms the structure to support itself. This is why he says nothing appears or continues in being by power of its own. So what we see out there in form, in the realm of form, is supported by what's going on in the spiritual and the mental. Don't miss that. In the spiritual and the mental. The author of Hebrews, the epistle to the Hebrews, wrote it this way. He wrote, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Now that last part is the important part right there. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. I'm going to say it again. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Don't miss that. Anything that you see, according to this scripture, was made from something that was not visible. And we understand that truth, that it was made by the creative power of God in this context called the word of God. We understand this truth by faith. By faith. Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. The old King James Version used to say the evidence of things not seen. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So what? So that what is seen was made from things not visible. So as you are working on creating your new experience, recognize that it is your job to create from the invisible into the visible. That's the creative process to bring that which is from the spiritual and mental into the visible. That's what we do. That's what that's the job of the human being. To recognize that it is our job to 
bring the spiritual and the mental into visibility. Now, I know some people are new thought people say, well, you're a spiritual being. I get all of that. Yes. But I think at times we need to be mindful of the fact that we're spirit, soul, body. And I am spirit. I am also soul, but I'm also a physical being with a personality. So this physical being with a mental personality's job is to bring that which is invisible into the visible. So he goes on to say, and I'm not, I told you I'm not reading the stories. He quotes on page 61, to live wisely, we must be aware of our imaginal activities or at any rate of the end which they are tending. In other words, you need to be able to see what's going on in your mind and where they're leading to. He says we must see to it that it is the end we desire. So if your mind has a trend of thought, where's that trend of thought going? Where, where are those images going? What's the end game if you continue to think the way you're thinking? What will it produce? So he goes on to say, when he discovers that it is not the physical role of facts, but imaginal activities which shape his life, then the physical world will no longer be the reality and the world of imagination no longer the dream. Physical role is, is an effect. All causation is mental. Cause and effect. Cause is always in the mind. Effect is always in form. If you want to really change the effect, you have to create a new cause. Eliminate the old cause. Create a new one. That's the process of denial and affirmation. Eliminate an old cause. Create a new one. Say no to the old. Say yes to the new image and feeling. That's the process. I want to make it as plain as possible. So again, before I go off the air in one minute. Every morning, every evening, five minutes, lay in the bed or in your meditation chair, whatever you do on the floor, whatever. But for five minutes, see yourself experiencing that which you desire. See the checks, paying off the responsibilities. As I explained all earlier, I'm not going to repeat all of that. See yourself on the vacation or the dream or whatever or with the success. See yourself being it. See from it. Hold that image in your mind. You're a portable paradise. You're a powerhouse. You are, without a doubt, a powerhouse. But you have to learn how to use your power and use it responsibly. So with that, I'm wrapping up the show, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio.
This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. As a society, we're becoming more conscious of our responsibility to the environment. There are precious resources which must be properly managed. Although it is necessary for me to focus on these outer resources... It's equally important to develop my inner spiritual resources. Within every one of us is a wellspring of peace, a power which cannot be overused, yet often remains neglected. Every time I choose to think and act from that peace within, I bless not only my immediate environment, but the entire world as well. Peace is a precious resource that I can serve best by giving it away. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. 
part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.